We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Welcome back to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this is our little podcast about the weird, wacky, wild world of paranormal. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. To our show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Jess, how are you doing today? I am tired. Um... But I did take a nap right before this, so I feel slightly better. And I have my iced coffee, so it should be fine. Um, Thumbs up, But I am not looking forward to the fact that I don't think I brought this up on the show yet, but um, I'm not looking forward to the fact that Jeff and I have to switch units this week. So we, like, moved into our home, essentially, and, like, set up pretty much all of our stuff. And now we're having to move down the hall. And the reason why is because the one that we originally wanted that we're moving into was occupied. And so they just like put us in a bigger unit that's like supposed to be like a thousand dollars more a month or something. And we can't afford that. So, um, (laughs) yikes. Yes. So I'm not looking forward to the fact that we basically have to move again, but it's right down the hall. So it shouldn't be that bad. Um, I was going to ask, it's like on the same floor. Yeah, it's on the same floor. It's like literally like right down the hall it's like maybe like 10 doors down i think 10 units down so it's it shouldn't be that bad but i'm just like not looking forward to it um but yeah other than that i guess i'm good (laughs) okay i think i'm just tired and like not looking forward to the rest of this week Um, yeah i feel you yeah yeah but after that's done everything will be great again so great again 100 yes 100 100. What about you? I am also uh, fucking tired. <sighs> yeah, my brain has been somewhere yeah. this week and today, and it wasn't at work. 
oh, I left my brain at home. Yeah, my boss is so cool. Um, I gotta adjust my audio. Hang on. Okay. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to deal with that. Oh, whatever. Um, my boss is so cool, and um, she's like really nice. And so she could, like, tell that something was up today. So she, like, came up to me and was like, hey, like, you feeling, like, here today? And I was like, not even a little (laughs) bit. Like, I can't even explain to you how much I am not here right now. Well, at least you could, like, be honest with her about it. Yeah. 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 And I was still, like, busting ass today. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, because, like, I have one mode at work and it's work. Yes. (laughs) Work fast. Yes. So I, like, got to take, like, an extra long lunch break and, like, take my time cleaning and stuff. And I got out, like, a few minutes early. So that was nice. Um, I had I had a tuna fish wrap for lunch today Ooh. with tater tots in it. Wow. And it was very fucking good. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, my boss saw me putting the tater tots in it, and she was like, I made you tuna fish for lunch. And I was like, oh, no, well, it's in here already. Yeah. No, it's in here. And she was like, oh. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was so great. Um, I love that. <laughs> thank you. I am trying to limit my caffeine intake to, like, one drink a day, mm-hmm. so... I got up this morning at 7 o'clock and chugged a Red Bull and (laughs) called it a day. And I wanted more coffee while I was at work so bad. Yeah. I refrained. Great job. And I'm exhausted still. So (sighs) drink my beer now. Nice. As a treat. Wow, I love that beer. Yes. That's a great beer. I recognize the can. (laughs) It's a very... In character for our podcast, too. It is a Charms and Hexes Sour Ale. This is the Black Currant Cherry and Cranberry one, mm. which is the best one. There's, like, a Strawberry Lemon one now, and oh. it just tastes like Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's, like, better than Mike's Hard Lemonade, but it's still, like, this is lemonade. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really <laughs> lemonade like lemonade beer. that much, so maybe I would like it. Yeah, yeah, you might like it. My uh, my favorite one of those of the charms and hexes is the uh, the passion fruit guava one, which you also can't drink. So, well, ah, <sighs> uh, allergies, allergies, <laughs> dude. Maybe one day I'll stop being allergic to stupid stuff. Maybe one maybe. can only hope. Did you? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> did you at least uh, drink a decent amount of water today? Did you hydrate? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I drank like two full bottles of water today nice and my red bull so that's so that know, counts good. That's good. it doesn't even it's like 12 ounces like yeah it's so little liquid and some very dry pasta which made me chug more water my water bottle <laughs> yummy smashing smashing uh, yeah yeah do you have any updates or anything before we get into our story Oh, actually, yes. Um, The first one is, hold on. You're like, whoa, really? Um, The first one is um, Allie texted me a couple of days ago. And for anybody who doesn't know, Allie is my childhood best friend who also listens to the show. Hi, Allie. Um, Hi, Allie. And she said, let's see, what did she say? Um, 
She said, dude, I listened to the newest episode on my way to work this morning, and I downloaded CoStar to learn more about my signs. It's freaky how accurate it is. My moon sun in Virgo is Virgo, and it's like you're a bundle of nerves and nitpicky tendencies. And I was like, I feel so seen. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes, there was something in my chart about how I like death and darkness. And I was like, I literally cut dead people up in organs for a living. She's a pathologist. So like... (laughs) Holy so shit. good so yeah yeah so we've been getting a lot of really good feedback on uh your astrology episode i wanted okay. you to know that yeah i'm very excited about that because i was uh a little nervous about that episode no it was great it was great sick i loved that episode well i'm glad uh you were uh interested enough to reach out and download CoStar, Ellie. That's sick. Yes. I also Welcome. I also added her on CoStar and we have a lot, a lot, a lot of similarities yeah. on our chart. So it makes sense. Hold on, wait. So we have So she's a double Virgo? Yes. Incredible. Actually, well see so she's she's a Taurus, like me. Yeah. Um, yeah I but knew then that. her moon sign is Virgo. And hold on. Now I need to look at it again because I thought it was really entertaining. Oh, yes. Okay. She is double Virgo. She's Taurus, Virgo, Virgo. So Virgo, yeah, moon, Virgo, yeah. rising. And I'm Gem- yeah. Gemini, Gemini. Um, and then, so our sun our sun signs are the same. Our Mars is both in Aries. We both have oh. Mars and Aries. We both have Jupiter and Scorpio. We both have Saturn and Pisces. Wow. That's it makes few, man. so much sense. <laughs> so that was cool. That was a fun time. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, my headphones went out again for a second. Oh my god. Okay, I and was then also you were just so loud and I was like, Whoa! Oh man. Oh, I was also gonna say, um, thank you to our patrons because um I told Sam that for their birthday they need to get themselves a new headset. <laughs> so... Yes. <laughs> I am going to do that. I'm yes. very excited. Yes. Um I have no idea what to look for in a headset, however, so. Well, I'm sure some people on Twitter would help you find a good one. The one that I have is pretty nice, but I'm not a huge fan of how it's wireless because it dies a lot. Yeah. But that's on me because I don't charge it. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You also don't need like a gaming headset. I literally have a gaming headset, so. I do not. You don't need that. So Great. thanks, thanks to our thanks to our patrons for Sam's new headset. Thanks, in patrons. <laughs> Yay! All right, that's all I have. That is all I have as well. So neat. Do you want to tell us a story? Yes, yes, I do. I'm so excited for this one. Um, it's going to be a little long, probably partially because I was so excited to do it. But I figured that I would start off. October, because this episode comes out in the beginning of October, which is cool to think about. Um, (laughs) I figured I would start off October with a good old ghost town story. Love it. This is the history slash ghosts of Jerome, Arizona. Wow. Okay. Jerome. Jerome. So (laughs) the main reason why I chose this is because when I was a kid, Jerome was one of the places that my family and I traveled to. And it, like, was one of my favorite places that I've ever been. And it was spooky, and the people were really nice, um, and the food was great. And we didn't do any, like, ghost tours or anything like that. 
but yeah, it's just like a really cool area. So as I'm talking about this, if you want to, you can look up some pictures. It's really cool looking. Like the whole area is just really cool. Um, just like most of Arizona. So Jerome. <laughs> Jerome. Yeah, big fan of Arizona. Big yes. fan. Yes. Um, okay, so before I get into this, my sources were the Jerome Historical Society, um, Wikipedia, and a website called legendsofamerica.com. Oh, this is a very nice looking town. <laughs> yes. That is a very large, creepy looking building. Yes. We'll get into that. <laughs> Amazing. So, Jerome is a um, a famous ghost town. It's located about halfway between Phoenix and Flagstaff, Arizona. It's um, west of Sedona. And it's located on Cleopatra Hill, which overlooks the Verde Valley. It lies within the Prescott National Forest and is 5,000 feet or 1,500 meters above sea level. Wow. So if you decide to visit and you're not from an area uh, that with a high altitude... Be prepared for altitude sickness. Um, about four miles away, also, I wanted to mention this because I think it's funny. About four miles away is Mingus Mountain. Mingus? Mingus. Mingus. Mingus, which uh, rises to over 7,000 feet above sea level. Wow, holy shit. Yes. Um, Jerome was once the fourth largest city in Arizona territory, and it got up to a popula- population of almost 15,000 at one point. So... I see a sign that says Jerome population, 15,000 crossed out, 10,000 crossed out, 5,000 crossed (laughs) out, 1,000 crossed out, ghost city. (laughs) Womp. (laughs) Ghost city. Oh, okay. (sighs) Okay, so um, this is kind of like the boring part, but also really cool if you're into geology. Um, this oh, is like, I am. Okay, cool. This is the reason oh, I why am. I am also into geology, but I was like, I know some people are probably going to like snore through this whole thing. So this is the reason why Jerome exists. It's the reason why Jerome was able to become successful at one point. So most of Cleopatra Hill, where Jerome was built, is about 1.75 billion years old. And at one point, that whole area was underwater. Cleopatra Hill was created when there was a massive eruption of an undersea volcano in that area. Cold seawater entered through the Earth's crust through cracks made by the eruption and dissolved the minerals that it encountered. When the water was forced back upward through my favorite hydrothermal vents. Love to see it. Love to see it. Love to hear about it. (sighs) Love hydrothermal vents. The dissolved minerals solidified and then fell to the seafloor. So thus, we have these sulfide deposits from these two hydrothermal vents that formed ore bodies that allowed mining to be a thing, basically. At one point, there was a whole bunch of tectonic plate movement and all that crap, and there was a collision that formed Cleopatra Hill and moved the ore deposits from the bottom to the top of Cleopatra Hill and made it accessible. TLDR. Um, Cool. Cool. Yes. Cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, um, there's a period of time in Jerome's geologic history where no records exist. It's a period of time about 1.2 billion years um, where we just like have a gap in the geology record. And it, has been, it has been deemed the Great Unconformity. Okay. Which sounds like me. The Great Unconformity. The great unconformity. I've never even heard that fucking word before. Yeah, it's uh in my notes it's like highlighted as a um as a misspelling. So 
Oh. It doesn't think it's a word. Okay, that's fair then. Yeah, so that's pretty much why there was ore that was able to be mined, because all that stuff happened with the Earth. Mm-hmm. The early inhabitants, the earliest inhabitants of this area were the um, Hohokam. They were the first known people to have lived and farmed near Jerome from 799 to 1125 BCE. Wow. Yeah. So they were the first people to be there. Um, And before the Europeans showed up, it's likely that these native people mined um, this ore deposit on the surface for copper-bearing minerals such as malachite and azurite. Cool. (sighs) All right. Um, So, of course, the first Europeans to arrive in this area were the Spanish conquistadors who often did prospecting in that area. In 1585, these explorers made note of there being ore in the area, but chose not to mine it because the government had set them to find gold and silver, not copper. So, dodged a bullet there. (laughs) Copper, we don't need none of that stuff. No Gold. Don't need it. And you know what's actually funny is that, um, I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but uh, they did later find gold and silver, like, in that same, in those mines. They found gold and silver. So... (laughs) Whatever. Let's see. And then blah, 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 blah. Mexico gained its independence from Spain in 1821. Uh, The area became part of Mexico and later part of the United States as part of the 1848 Treaty of Guadalupe, Hidalgo, and the Mexican Cession. So yeah, blah, 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 all that stuff happened. And then... (laughs) And then... In 1876, Angus McKinnon... Angus. Angus... And Morris Ruffner filed the first mining claims at this location. I think that claim was called, like, the Little Daisy claim or something like that. Um, I don't know how, like, you claim a mining area. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Sure, Sure, fine. Just 1800s things. Um, (laughs) Later in 1880, Frederick A. Tritle, governor of Arizona, and Frederick F. Thomas, a mining engineer from California, bought those claims from the original owners. And then, in 1883, with the aid of investors from New York City, they created the United Verde Copper Company. So, that was the... There was a... Or there was a mining camp that was on Cleopatra Hill, and that was then named Jerome, in honor of a man named Eugene Jerome, who... I saw in one place that he was the company secretary, and then I saw in another place that he was an investor. So I don't know which one he was. Um, Maybe both? He could have been both, exactly. Yeah, so Eugene Jerome. (sighs) So United Verde constructed roads from the mine to Prescott, Arizona, and then to railroad depots. However, wagon transport was very expensive, and after the copper, the price of copper started to fall, um, the company decided to stop operations at the site, and that was in 1884. So that original operation only lasted a year. Yikes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Four years later, William A. Clark who had made his fortune in mining and commercial ventures in Montana, bought United Verde and made a whole bunch of improvements. Um, He also went on to become a Democratic senator in Montana. Fun fact. Interesting. Yes. Um, So a few things that he did, he enlarged the smelter. He also ordered construction of a railway to a transfer point that was 27 miles to the west. And then the other thing that he did was... 
They constructed an open pit mining operation and completely abandoned the underground mining system that they had had. So originally they had had like all of these tunnels that extended underground from this one point. There was a whole bunch of fires in those underground mines, um, some of which burned for decades because there was so much high sulfur ore down there. Ugh. Mining's dangerous as fuck. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I've definitely heard of one of those, like, pits that's been burning for, like, yes. hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Like I don't... Yeah. Oh, my God. What is that called? Isn't it, like, devil's... It's something like hell or devil or something like that. I... Oh, let me say, uh, fire pit. I have my keyboard out, but where's my phone? Because now I need to know. Continuously burning fire pit. The hellish desert fire pit. <laughs> Is it this one? The hellish desert pit has been on fire for 40 years. Yes, I think it is. Uh, yes. But this one is in Turkmenistan. Yeah. Oh, the door to hell. That's very good. The, the gates of hell, the door, door to hell, and this hellish desert pit. <laughs> They're all very good. It does look like a pretty hellish pit. But uh, yeah, so that's crazy. Crazy dangerous. So I assume that was what was also happening in Jerome. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> Plus you're like in the middle of a desert, which definitely doesn't help. So right. uh, the United Verde open pit was what their new mining system was called. Um, it still exists on the edge of Jerome. It goes down to about 300 feet, like the main pit goes down to about 300 feet. And there are shafts beneath the fit beneath the pit that extend down to 4,200 feet below the surface. Why go down that far? I have no idea, but that sounds like ridiculous. I don't know if that number is right or not, because that sounds wrong. Like that's so far. That's like down to sea level. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, very weird. So yeah. Oh, also the, the walls of that pit they're as old as the area itself. So the walls of that pit are 1.75 billion years old. Like there's like, um, oh my God, what period was it? I think it was like pre-Cambrian or something like that. Like pre-Cambrian period, like stone inside that pit. So that that's cool. so fucking cool. So yeah, so after they created this pit, that was kind of, and like made the railway and stuff like that. That was what really like kicked off mining in Jerome. Um, so Jerome's population grew between 1890 and 1900 from 250 people to more than 2,500. So in a period of 10 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The United Verde mine had become the leading copper producer in Arizona, employed about 800 people, and was one of the largest mines in the world. It operated for 77 years total from 1876 to 1953. They produced nearly 33 million tons of copper, gold, silver, lead, and zinc ore. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. And metals produced in that area were said to be worth a total of more than $1 billion at that time. So this mine made a shit ton of money. I had to look up the pit. It's very large. The pit. It goes 300 feet down, which I can't even, like, imagine. I couldn't either. I was like, I literally can't picture that. Yeah. So I had to look it up. And it's filled with sulfur liquid, I assume, because it's yellow. Yummy. Yeah, it probably smells awful. Yeah. <laughs> probably one of the reasons why that wasn't one of the places that we visited when we went. Honestly, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so some other history unrelated to the mining stuff. Jerome had a post office by 1883. By 1884, they had added a schoolhouse and they added a public library in 1889. In 1894 and 1898, fires destroyed much of the business district and half of the community's homes. So Jerome decided to become an incorporated town in 1899. Um, and the reason why they did that was because it made the town pos- it made it possible for the town to collect taxes in order to form a formal like firefighting system and like establish codes and restrict like fire hazards and shit like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So in 1899, so by 1900, this is like a period of like 10 years. All this stuff happens. Um, by 1900, Jerome had churches, fraternal organizations, a downtown area with brick buildings telephone services, and electricity. Here comes the fun part. The mine, of course, only employed men. Thus, the businesses served a population that was 78% male. Um, Among those businesses, of course, were places that associated with alcohol, gambling, and prostitution. And in 1903, the New York Sun proclaimed Jerome to be the wickedest town in the West. Lol. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That's why I love this town so much. I'm like, yeah. The wickedest. <laughs> the wickedest town in the West. <sighs> uh, okay, so by the 1920s, um, Jerome's mines operated at near capacity. Wages started to rise. Um, the town's businesses were prospering, including five automobile dealerships. In the 1920s, they had five of them. United Verde also added disability and life insurance benefits for its workers, built a baseball field and tennis courts, swimming pools, and a public park. So United Verde was treating its employees very well at this point. United Verde also donated to the Jerome Public Library and helped finance projects for the town's schools, churches, and hospitals. So yeah, they like actually were you know taking care of their people at wow. this time. Yeah, and, like, contributing to the community and shit. Yeah, considering how dangerous mining is, I guess you gotta give them something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank God they did. Uh-huh. Um, at this time, census the census also recorded that about 60% of the town's residents were from Mexico. Oh. So people were coming from Mexico to work at the mines. When, wait, hang on. When did that part of Arizona become part of the United States again? It was part of, let's see, blah, blah. Um, it was the Treaty of Guadalupe, I think, that did it. Um, yeah. Or at least part of it was, part of it was part of the United States at that point in 1848. Okay. Okay, I think you. that was what did it. I'm terrible at history, so. Seems legit to me. Somebody can yell at me about that date if they really want to. I honestly don't care too much. Um, Where was I? stuff happening. Okay, so now we're in 1930. At the start of the Great Depression. Uh. Yes. So the price of copper, of course, fell. In response, United Verde started reducing its workforce, ordering temporary shutdowns and reducing wages. In 1935, the Clark family sold United Verde to Phelps Dodge, which is an American mining company. So it operated at a reduced level until Phelps Dodge finally shut it down in 1953. Wow. You tried. Yeah. So, I mean, it lasted a while. It lasted over 70 years. Yeah. 
it's unfortunate, but whatever. So, um, here's the, here's the kind of crappy part. Um, the town over time was underlain with all these mine shafts, 81 miles or 142 kilometers of them to be exact. That is so much mine shaft. Yes. Holy shit. And it may have been part of the reason why some of Jerome's buildings started to slowly slide downhill starting oh, in the man. 1920s. Really? <laughs> yes. On top of a few other things, erosion and all that crap. Um, but it was a contributing factor. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So they lost dozens of buildings, um, including the post office and the jail. Not the post office. So that's kind of sad. Subsequently, Jerome's population fell to below 100 by the 1950s. Um, its remaining residents turned to tourism and retail sales to help keep the town alive. So its remaining like 100 people were like really trying. So in 1953, the Jerome Historical Society was formed. And that really helped to like reinvigorate Jerome, they had this dream to make Jerome the greatest outdoor museum. Um, in 1956, they made negotiations that made sure that no more buildings could be torn down in the main part of the city. Um, and Jerome was also granted National Historic Landmark status in 1967. Sick? Yeah. So, um, the Historical Society, Society purchased most of Uptown Jerome for themselves. Um, they have a mine museum on Main Street. They also own eight commercial buildings. The other buildings were sold to the community and people that were interested in historical preservation. The Historical Society also has a large archive of over 11,000 photos, maps, newspapers, and other documents. So <laughs> I would love to check that out. Apparently you can just like go and the archivist will like let you go through stuff. That sounds sick. Yeah. So I think that would be really cool. Uh, whew, let's see. In 1962, the Douglas Mansion was donated to the state of Arizona, which was used to create Jerome State Historic Park. The Douglas Mansion had been the home of James Douglas, who had built the mansion near the local mine for mining officials and investors to stay during their visits. It sponsored music festivals, tours of historic homes, and celebrations. And mm -hmm. them... Um, them being donated this building also attracted new businesses such as art galleries, craft stores, wineries, coffee houses, and restaurants. They didn't have restaurants before. That is so sad. So yeah, it, it basically just became like a artsy, kind of like hippie town almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you remember the, the jail that slid down the hill? <laughs> yes, I do. So they named it Sliding Jail because it is still there. Wow. Yeah. And it is, it is owned by the Jerome Historical Society, of course. Um, and the jail is about 200 feet or 60 meters down a hill from where it was originally built. Wow. So it's still there. It just, like, moved 200 feet downhill. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> wait. Wait. The sliding jail. <laughs> oh, man. Well, one of its walls is falling off now, but... Yeah, I was going to say, they um they had a plan to rehabilitate it as a tourist attraction, but I didn't see any, like, updates on whether or not they were able to actually do that. Um, I mean, it it's like, it's like three brick 
walls, like mm-hmm. concrete walls now. Yeah. It's like not even. And not it kind of looks it, it kind of looks like it did like slide a little bit and like part of it stayed in place and the rest of it just went away. Oh no. Oh. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. 200 feet's a long distance. Yeah. Yeah, that's why like when I read that I was like, "Wait, it like survived and they're going to do something with it?" Like, what? Here we go. Very weird. Um also when you were when you were like looking at pictures of Jerome, I don't know if you noticed the big J that's on the hill. I don't know if you saw any pictures of that. Um, When you go to Jerome, this is like one of the first things I noticed when we went. When you go to Jerome, there's a huge J on the hill, like a big white J. I don't know if it's like made out of stones or something, but it is maintained by a local service organization called the J Club. That's pretty funny. So that's cool. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I see the J now. Yeah. It's nice. It's just like up on the hill. Had to vape. Vape nation. Here. Synchronized vaping. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> oh, and here's the other one. Okay. Okay. Um, so, since the 1960s, the population has started rising again, although not at the same rate as it once had. We're not going from like 250 to... 2,500 in a period of 10 years. But in a 2010 census, Jerome was home to 444 people. Wow. (laughs) 94% of them being white. So, and more than half of the labor force works in arts, entertainment, retail, food, and recreation. So it is very much like kept alive by tourism and the arts. Yeah. I think that's like really cool. I think it's like, sounds like it's become a really cool area. I don't think that, I think that I went there before 2010, before that census was done. So I don't know if it's like grown since then. So, so yeah, now we get to the fun part. What makes this a ghost town? Are there ghosts? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot. So, um... (laughs) This is like the 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 heft of my notes is all the ghost stuff. The heft. Um, so during the town's mining days, of course, many people died in mining accidents. Yep. They were shot in old timey Western gunfights. Yep. Overdosed on opium. Shit yep. like that. Rocks falling on your head. Yes. Yeah. Same. Mine is uh, dangerous. It's so dangerous. It's a dangerous well, it, lifestyle. Well, it's like the same as the um, like the Hoosack Tunnel. Like when you talk yeah. about the Hoosack yeah. Tunnel, it just makes me think of that. So there are multiple haunted locations within this pretty small town. We're going to start with Spook Hall, which doesn't sound very PC, but we're going to give it a pass. Um, <laughs> it is currently the town's community center. Um, it was formerly Lawrence Rem- Memorial Hall, and before that, it was the town's JCPenney store. <laughs> wow, hilarious. <laughs> um, before this whole building was built, in its place, there were a number of small shacks that were used by the, quote, sporting ladies to entertain their guests. Wow. Yes. In one of these shacks, um, a woman was apparently stabbed to death by a miner. Which was not an uncommon occurrence, unfortunately. We're going to get more into that. Um, And this woman is the entity that's normally seen in front of Spook Hall. 
she apparently just like stands in front of the building and then she'll like start walking towards the nearby hotel and she just like vanishes into thin air. So people see that like specific thing happening. Weird. Yeah. So very strange. So that's the first one. The second one, my favorite, is the Mile High Inn. Ooh. Ooh. It was built in 1899, and it was originally known as the Clinksdale Building. The building was built over the top of ashes of another building. So, like, the building that was there, like, burned down, and then they just, like, built another one on top of it. They didn't even clean up. They're just like, well, that's fine. I guess so. Like, it literally said it was, like, built over the top of the ashes of this other building. But it was made to be fireproof. So they were not planning on it burning down again. So there was a woman named Madam Jenny Botters, who became one of the richest women in northern Arizona around this time. The Mile High Inn became her home and was also where she and her ladies entertained numerous men. Ooh, good for her. (laughs) Yes, um... Quick note, prostitution at this time was illegal, but of course that didn't stop anyone. And she too, eventually, apparently lost her life to a client. Wow, someone stabbed the madam? I guess so. so. I guess so. So the building, the Mile High Inn, became a hardware store on the lower level, and the upstairs portion was used as apartments. Um, Over the years, a number of businesses were housed here until it was finally converted into the inn that it is today. So right now it is a charming eight-room inn that caters to tourists specifically. Um, It's also said to be where Jenny Botters decided to hang around, Mm. as well as a number of other ghosts. So the former madam of the brothel is often seen in a couple of the rooms, including the kitchen, where she is still trying to keep the place clean. She launches objects off of their resting places when they're not put away properly. (laughs) She moves things around, like furnishings and decorations, um, and apparently she rotates ceiling fans, which I think that's just the wind, but whatever. She probably doesn't even know what the fuck a ceiling fan is. Yeah, like, either that or on, she's man. just like, what does this do? And just like poking it. <laughs> Must be some low ceilings. I think she can float. I was going to say, wait, can ghosts fly? <laughs> One can assume. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, she also turns on the radios as the maids come in to start cleaning the rooms. So she's like, here's some music. Wow, here you go, sweetheart. <laughs> Jam. Thanks. Like, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's also an elderly gentleman that has been seen roaming around the Mile High Inn. He is described as friendly, dressed in vintage work clothes and a hat, and is normally seen looking down at the alley from a window. Weird. Um, he is also blamed for pictures and wall hangings being rearranged, like swapped. Ha. Um, he also likes to open and close doors of armoires in the rooms, apparently. So that's the elderly gentleman. Just an old guy just trying to fuck with you. Classic yeah. ghost shit, man. Yeah. Love that. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> and then there's also a younger man who really gets a kick out of scaring guests and staff. He's normally seen accompanied by cold winds in guest rooms. He appears as a shadowy figure, specifically in the Victorian Rose Room and in the restaurant. And he's normally seen with a very, like, grumpy, like, disapproving, like, look on his face. Just very, like, like, mmm. So there's that guy. Um, And then there's my favorite, Ghost Cat. (gasps) Ghost Cat! Ghost Cat! 
ghost cat, ghost cat. <laughs> um, ghost cat leaves footprints on bedsheets. Staff and guests have also seen them in the hall and have tried to pick them up. But before they can actually, like, pick them up, it vanishes. Yikes. Yeah, so you'll be like, ooh, a cat, and you'll, like, go to pick it up, and it'll just, like, poof. <laughs> be like, okay, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> Apparently it also brushes up against people, especially in the kitchen and in the restaurant. There have been reports of hearing cats meowing and the sound of, like, a cat uh, sharpening its claws, like, scratching on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. And it, it apparently... Um, People think that it was Madame Jenny's pet at one point. Oh, they're hanging out in the afterlife. Yeah. Madame Jenny's a witch. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, um, believe, I believe that. Small anecdote about our ghost cat. <gasps> so Ruby, like, gets up on the bed before we go to sleep. And she, like, when Artemis is, like, down on the ground, like, she'll, like, stand up on the bed and, like, walk over and, like, walk with Artemis as she, like, walks around the bed. <gasps> Because she's obsessed with Artemis, right? Aww. So she got up and she was doing that and she was going like back and forth. And then I like finally was like, Ruby, can you just like leave Artemis alone? And then I like look down and Artemis is like passed out in her bed, like <laughs> which is directly next to me on my side of the bed. Yeah. So Ruby was just like walking back and forth looking at something. Ghost cat. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> wow. Wow, I believe that. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Return of Ghost Cat. Yes. I feel like we haven't seen Ghost Cat in a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like maybe they didn't really like Ruby at first, but now it's okay. Yeah. Maybe Artemis was like, hey, man, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I love that. (laughs) Yes. Okay, that was it. Yeah. No, I I crave. I need Ghost Cat updates, so I appreciate it. Uh, okay, so. Oh, my headset might die. Hold on, please hold. It's making noise like it's going to. Plug it in, plug it in. All right. Okay, so, um, some other activity in the Mile High Inn. Locked doors will open and close by themselves. There are water faucets that will turn on and off on their own. And there's one statue that sometimes turns itself around. Which, I don't know what's up with that. Is it one particular statue, or they That's, only have one statue? The way that it was written led me to believe that there is one specific statue that turns itself around. I didn't really take the time to, like, look it up. I was like... Mostly because that idea freaks me out. <laughs> but there's that. Like, whoops, it's just gonna face this way now. Maybe that was just uh, how Madame Jenny liked it to be. Yeah, she was like, like, we're just gonna turn this back around. Yeah. <laughs> um... Also, in the Victorian rose room, you get the smell of roses or perfume. In the restaurant and kitchen, you can hear whistling. Metal signs have flown off walls. Glasses slide off tables and break. Electrical devices turn on and off on their own. And sometimes you can hear a woman, like, singing. Um, So that's the Mile High Inn. Wow. Yes. Moving on. (laughs) So after the Mile High Inn... When the town started to become more civilized, um, a lot of brothels that were on Main Street moved off of Main Street and onto Diaz Street, which also became known as the Crib District and, quote, Husband's Alley. Hilarious. So, like, its own little red light district, essentially. Um, At one point, it was estimated that more than 100 sex workers lived here, including Jenny Botters and a woman named Nora Butter Brown. Okay. 
I love brown butter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, brown was a no-nonsense businesswoman and Jerome's first madam. So she came before Jenny. She was the very first to own a brothel in the town. She was apparently not very attractive. However, she did have a reputation of being able to drink most of the men under the table. Yes. So Nora was yes, Nora. my idol. <laughs> and apparently one of her favorite things to say was to her clients is she would say, I know I'm not much to look at, but wait until you see my girls. You're really going to love me then. <laughs> That's oh. like a famous quote. That's so funny. Holy shit. I love Nora. I love her. So she was credited for being the first to introduce Jenny Botters to this lifestyle. Um, nice. So Jenny like learned from her. Other well-known women in the city including included women with names like Rose Lily, Cuban Mary, and Madam Pearl. I love all of those. So those were some other well-known ladies. There was one girl named Sammy Dean who... Um, First of all, she was really well known because I guess she was like one of the prettier ones. Um, she was unfortunately strangled by one of her customers. And oh my God. that's recorded. And to this day, the murder is unsolved. So that's very sad. And like I said, this like was not an uncommon occurrence. I mean, Jenny Botters apparently herself lost her life to a client. So um, when people walk down Husband's Alley, they often report hearing women's voices coming from the spots where their shacks used to be. Um, they also get reports of feeling as if they're being watched, the sound of footsteps behind them, the smell of perfume, and shadows that move around. Hmm. All good things. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I would want to go there and, like, I don't want to say, like, use a Ouija board, but I feel like I would want to go there and, like, sit there with an EVP recorder or something. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Be like, hey, man, <laughs> we're one of you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn you your ways. Trust us. Nora, if you're here with us, I just need to know what your secret is for drinking men under the table. Thank you. <laughs> Holy shit. She's yeah. going to be like, hydrate or die. I'm going to be like, oh. Be like, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> it has been told. It has been foretold. The prophecy. <laughs> the prophecy. <laughs> oh, okay. So the next one is um, Connor Hotel. It was built in 1897 by a man named David Connor, of course. These men just love to name their buildings after themselves. Yeah, right. It was a three-story brick and stone hotel with 20 guest rooms, card rooms, billiards, and a saloon. Um, it was a first-class hotel, which rented its rooms for a dollar per night to more oh. affluent citizens and travelers. Um, it was apparently one of the finest hotels in the West. It had electricity, a call bell in each room, and its own bus that ran from the ran from the train depot. That's cool. Um, so the original building was destroyed by a fire after only a year in September of 1898. Um, however, Connor had bought insurance. <laughs> Good for you, Connor. That's smart. Yes. He's like, I feel like a lot of this town just burns down. Yeah. Insurance? He took some notes. He's like, you know what? Um, and he was actually only one of two business owners to have insurance in the town. That's so funny. So the building burned down. He was paid 14500 for his losses and was able to rebuild the hotel. Sick. Over the years, there were more fires. Um, the Connor Hotel continued to be damaged and continued to be rebuilt with insurance money. So Connor was smart. <laughs> 
And the other thing that was smart was that um, since it was built from brick and stone while being surrounded by all these like wooden structures, um, it was often credited with saving the whole downtown district from being burned entirely because it stopped the fire. Yeah. 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 That's kind of nice. It's very cute looking. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I like it. So when Jerome's mining prosperity began to run out, the Connor Hotel started to lose business, of course, um, and it closed in 1931. David's son took charge of the building and rented out the ground floor to commercial businesses, but the upstairs rooms sat vacant for a very long time. And then in the 1960s, when Jerome started to become like more of an artist community and tourist destination, um, the hotel opened once again, and they renovated it to have 10 bigger rooms instead of 20 smaller rooms. Cool. However, it was not the uh, $1 a night five-star hotel that it once was. It became more of like a low-budget hotel. Yikes. And at one point, it closed, or it closed again in the 1980s due to safety violations, Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it remained empty again into until the 2000s. So for 20 years, it was just empty again. Um, the current owners have since renovated the rooms with historical accuracy in mind and updated the amenities. Cool. Yeah. So apparently it's, it's, it's doing fine. So hauntings. <laughs> hauntings. In room number one. There is a story about an electrician who was the first to ever stay in the hotel overnight while he was working. Um, He was completely terrified by whispers and the sound of a woman laughing in his room. Holy shit, dude. (laughs) Um, He also felt a lot of like cold chills while he was in the room and he ended up spending the rest of the night in his van. So he was like, nope, I'm done. I'm not doing this. The other thing that happens in room one is that apparently it's common for cabinet doors to open on their own. And when people take pictures in the room, there are a lot of like odd images that show up in the photographs. Gross. Yes. (laughs) Um, In room number two, the most common thing that happens is objects move on their own, including furnishings and like guest stuff, like their items. Uh, And then in room number four, guests and staff have reported hearing a dog growling. And an old man coughing, which I don't like. Um, I would be kind of scared if I heard a dog growling in my room. I would be terrified if I heard a dog growl in my room. What the fuck is that? Get out of here with that shit. Yes, that would be the Zach Bagans thing that would make me go, demon! Demon! (laughs) It's not a demon, probably. It's probably just a ghost ghost dog. dog. Wow, that can be the title of the episode. It's not a demon. Probably. Probably not. Hopefully Probably not. not. <laughs> Great. Ghost dog. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So Much less that. nice than ghost cat, I gotta say. Yeah. Well, especially the growling. Like, I don't like the growling. <sighs> It'd be one thing if it was like you could hear its footsteps like on the on the like floor or something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fine. Would it be but... creepy if you felt it lick your hand? Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I don't like that idea. The idea of being licked by an unseen thing. Blech. I'm Blech. sorry, this is completely off topic, but do you remember there was like this story we used to tell each other as kids about like a girl who had a dog and 
her parents like went out for the night and she's like okay like if you get nervous like your dog's right underneath you like reach down and the dog will lick your hand and then this doesn't sound familiar to me at all that's so weird it was like definitely um, i was born in new mexico maybe it was New England. yeah it's definitely a new hampshire thing (laughs) oh and um you know, there's a serial killer on the loose and blah, blah, blah. And she, like, hears, like, dripping water and she goes up to turn it off. And then, like, she hears something in the basement. She goes down into the basement and the fucking guy killed her dog. And, <gasps> like, wrote on the wall, like, killers can lick too. Ew, she was, ew, like, getting ew. licked by the guy. Ew. Ew. I hate that. You really never heard of no, that? No, I've never heard that before. Holy shit. Has Nick heard of that? Is Nick still there? I think I saw him go into your room. There's a room in there. <laughs> I I will ask him. Okay. Because, yeah, that was definitely I... a thing. There's like a full version of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was it a scary stories to tell in the dark thing or something? No, because those were also really very popular when yeah. I was in school. But I didn't, re- I didn't read all of those. I want to reread them. So. I didn't read them either. I was, like, <laughs> obsessed with this one story, and I read it, like, 15 times in one day, and then had nightmares for the next six years. So <laughs> so you're like, I'm set with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them I found funny, and I've always had, like, a morbid curiosity for shit like that, but then, like, Ugh. I have nightmares about it for yeah. the next six years. Yeah, that sounds awful. Like, when I watched <laughs> The Ring, and I still have nightmares about The Ring, okay? Oh. And I watched that, like... A while ago, I'm 14 sure. 14 years ago? Yeah, I was gonna say, it's a pretty old movie. Yeah. Oh, man, I loved The Ring. When I was a, when I was a kid, my uh, my best friend Harley and I, that was our favorite movie to watch. And uh, Darkness Falls. Did you ever see Darkness Falls? No. Okay, you're not a huge, like, horror movie person, so I'm not shocked. But Darkness Falls is, like, one of those movies that was terrifying as a kid, but then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, heh. <laughs> Yeah, that checks out. Um, yeah, no, I was 12 when I watched The Ring, and I didn't Oof. know what it was, and I had never watched a scary movie before, and... Uh, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that sounds awful. I loved The Ring. Although there was one time that uh, my friend and I were watching The Ring. It was one of the times that we, like, like rewatched it, and um, one of our friends, like, lived down the street from her. And we were watching the ring in her room and her friend came and like knocked on her window. Oh my god. While we were watching the ring and we were Typical both, hoodlum shit. We were both like, what the fuck? Like, why would you come and knock on the window? Like we were like yelling at her. She's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. And we're like, like, just knock on the door like a normal person. <laughs> Don't knock on the window. We're watching the ring right now. <laughs> I wonder if Harley remembers that. I'm gonna have to ask her. Oh my god. Good shit. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, oh, is this the last one? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is the last haunting, I guess. Um, okay. it's my favorite one. <laughs> you said that about every single one you've said so far. Well, this one is actually my favorite one. Okay. So J- the Jerome Grand Hotel, um, which you might have already seen pictures of. It's the... Oh, is it the big-ass building? Yes, it's the huge building that's located, like, really high up on Cleopatra Hill. It was originally the United Verde Hospital, and it opened in 1927. So it was a 30,000-square-foot building 
that was constructed by the United Verde Copper Company for the employees and their families. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, It was the last major building to be constructed in Jerome. And it was made to be fireproof and could withstand nearby mining glass. So while other buildings around it were like burning and sliding down the hill, the hospital remained like completely unfazed. Good for it. And it is actually, it's still considered like a complete engineering marvel because it was built on a 50 degree slope. Like when you're looking on that hill, it's like literally built. It's very steep. Yes. It's quite, quite steep. Ooh, that's an old ass picture. Yeah. Photo circa 1927. Holy shit. Yeah. Year it was built. Yep. So once the copper deposits started to dry up, of course, the hospital could no longer survive and it closed in 1950. It then stood abandoned for the next 44 years. For a period of that time, it was maintained in case it was needed for an emergency. But after a while, they just kind of like stopped maintaining it. In 1994, the building was purchased by the Alter family, A-L-T-H-E-R-R, two R's. Um, And they started restoring it into the Jerome Grand Hotel. Um, so (sighs) the, the building was pretty much said to be haunted, like almost from the very beginning. Of course, many people had died there. Others had suffered emotional trauma while being housed in their, um, psych ward. There was, there was a man in a wheelchair that had fallen from a balcony. Oh. At one point there was a shooting. Um, and apparently there was a caretaker who had hung himself in the building. So it is now said to be one of the most haunted buildings in the state of Arizona, like in the entire state. Great. Yes. Okay. So when we go there, we're staying here, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I would love to stay there. I think that when, when we went, we went in, I think we like went into the front lobby and like, kind of like looked around a little bit and then turned around and walked out. I feel like I kind of remember doing that. It's like, it's like a pretty nice looking hotel. Yeah. Like, it's like done up. They it's pretty fancy. It. They did it. <laughs> they did it. Wow. They decorated with a bunch of skeletons for Halloween. I love it. Wow. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Embrace the spookiness. So even before, even before it became a hotel, um, there were patients and staff in the hospital that told stories of p- hearing people talking um, they heard like coughing and like moaning and crying coming from empty rooms. Ew. Um, and the belief was that they were the lingering spirits who had died during the 1917 flu epidemic. And even though the hospital wasn't built at that time, um, the theory was that the lost souls from that had died in 1917 found the building, like wishing that it had been there before. So. That's the thing that happens, but okay. So well. I guess it was apparently haunted even while it was a hospital. Great. Yeah. Wait, wait. What year was it built again? I'm sorry. Nineteen twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. this was ten years after the flu epidemic. Um. So there's one. There was one report while it was a hospital. Um. Of a spectral woman who was dressed in white. Um. She was always seen on the hospital balcony. And she was thought to have been a nurse who, yeah, she was thought to have been a nurse. And she has not been seen since the opening of the hotel. Um, So she was only seen while it was a hospital. Weird. She's like, this isn't my hospital anymore. Yeah. I I can't work here. I'm a nurse. (laughs) So there is another spirit of an old bearded miner 
who has been seen gliding down the hall and turning all of the lights on, like on his way down the hall. Like, whoosh, and like all the lights are coming on as he's like flying. He's like, it's so dark in here. So dramatic. (laughs) Um, There was also a nurse while it was a hospital that reported seeing him just like standing at the end of the hallway. And when she like walked up to approach him, he just like, vanished like disappeared gross hate that hate that so much when you think it's a person and then you're just like oh they're gone yeah or cat i guess or ghost cat it's not as bad when it's a cat still freaky though so guests of the hotel apparently still report seeing this guy especially on the second and third floors oh so there's that (laughs) i don't know if he still does the like gliding down the hallway turning on all the lights thing but (laughs) well I feel like most hotel lights, the hallway lights are on all the time. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So maybe he just doesn't get the chance to anymore. And what they really need to do is put like the motion lights in. Oh, yeah. So that turn off if it, like no one's been out in the hallway that uh, for a couple minutes. And Ooh. then like he can glide down and then set off all the motion ones. Sick. All I'm saying is that like that sounds like what's best for that's also very environmentally friendly (laughs) correct um i looked at their website however it doesn't seem like they're really concerned with that stuff yeah yeah that doesn't shock me unfortunately (laughs) they're like it's arizona everything's dead out here anyways yeah well i guess when you're like struggling to like keep your business in your town alive that's not really what you're thinking about so I guess that's I fair. I mean, saving on your electric bill. That too. That too. Much to think about. Um, okay, so <laughs> also near the elevator, there is a very finely dressed elderly woman um, who has often been seen just kind of like standing there. There's a small child who's been seen running through the bar area. Great. <laughs> which, get your child out of the bar area, please. No that running. so rude. Slow down. Okay, so other phenomena includes the sound of footsteps on the stairs and on the and in the hallways, the sound of doors opening and closing on their own, objects moving, electrical appliances turning on and off, the lobby door apparently open and closes on its own, chairs are often rearranged when staff turns their backs for a second, there are items that fly off the shelves in the gift shop and off of the walls, um, guests report being pushed in the hallways, doors slam shut, and the front desk also periodically receives calls from empty rooms, which, as a former front desk agent, I hate. How does that even happen? Like, they, like, they, like, get a call from a room, and, like, the way that I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know how modernized they are, but the way a lot of, like, front desk phones work is that when the phone rings, it tells you the last name of the guest who's currently in the room because it's connected to your reservation system, right? Oh, So okay. they'll get a call from a room and it won't have, like, a name on it. And so they'll pick it up and it'll just be silence. <laughs> I'd be so pissed, dude. I, oh my god, I would hate that so much. You'd be like, great. <laughs> Great. Lovely. As long as there's not, like, heavy breathing on the other end, though, I'm okay. Man, Gross. At that point, it's probably just a creep, man. Ugh. Gross. Um, also, the housekeeping staff are um, typically the ones that are, like, really targeted by the phenomena, which, like, kind of makes sense because they're the ones that are, like, in and out of the rooms moving stuff around. That makes sense. And apparently they hear their names being called. 
also don't like that. Man, they know your name <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Ooh. Ew. Um, however, they have said that the ghosts are kind enough to stop when they're asked. So if you say, hey man, stop doing that, they'll stop for like at least a short period of time. So that's nice of them. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess that's fine. I guess that's nice. All right. So the most famous ghost, I left this one for last for a reason, is Claude Harvey. We have like a full name for him. Cloud. Cloud. Claude Cloud. He was the hospital maintenance man in 1935. And apparently Harvey's body was found pinned under the elevator in the basement. Oh, no, dude. Yeah. Um, his death was ruled an accident. However, the inquest into his death determined that the elevator had not been what killed him. <gasps> Harvey was a very experienced maintenance man, and the elevator had been in perfect working order. Some believe he had either jumped to his death or he had been murdered and his body had been left at the bottom of the shaft. Holy shit. Yeah. So he was apparently found beneath the elevator with a broken neck and a single small scrape behind one of his ears. That was it. Which, like, if you're crushed by an elevator, I would imagine it'd be way worse. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, that, like, 14-year-old kid that died by being crushed under an elevator in the Hoosack Tunnel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, So it's yikes, definitely yikes. worse. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's a fun little mystery. Um, almost fun. immediately after he died, um, strange occurrences started happening around the elevator, specifically. There are, like strange lights that are seen in the elevator shaft and you can hear the elevator making noise when it's not being used it's like a wicked old elevator so you can hear it like like rattling yeah but when that's when it's like not being operated or when like power isn't running in the Ew. elevator yeah yeah others also claim to see the figure of a shadowy man in the basement on the stairs or near the elevator um he's described as looking absolutely pissed and people feel, like, a really angry, like, energy when they see him. Um, which leads to more speculation on whether or not he was, in fact, murdered. Because <laughs> he was known as being, like, a really nice guy. Like, he was really well known in the town. So, so he's yeah. just pissed off now. He's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Under an elevator? Oh. Like... Sorry. Sorry, Harvey. Oh, man. <laughs> Sad trombone. <sighs> so anyway, um, that's pretty much the end of that. Um, today, the hotel has 23 fully restored and modernized rooms, and they're continuing to renovate it. It is Jerome's only full-service hotel with a bar, restaurant, gift shop, and 24-hour front desk. And I would love to work there, by the way. And it's super fucking expensive to stay at. Is it? Yes. I mean, it's not really that expensive, but it's, like, the standard room for, like, two guests. And it has, like, a balcony, because all of them are balcony rooms. Ooh. It just depends what side you're on. Yeah. Um, It's still, like, $185 a night. Wow. Uh, okay, I guess. Mm. Oh, no, that one's, that one's without the balcony, but it still has a window. Then the ones with the balcony are $230 per night. Wow. 
Huh. And then they go up to 295. Wow. And then they have a three a one bedroom suite Ooh. for 395. Wow. Holy shit. And a grande suite for 525 a night. Wow. Man, so it must be like pretty nice if they're able to charge that much. Like it like it's big. Yeah. But it's it's not like super it's not, fancy. It's not worth fucking $525 a night. Hmm. Listen, we've stayed in some nice hotels because you worked in a hotel. Yes. And, like, I get it and I know what's up. (laughs) I was going to say. They are charging far too much for Jerome, Arizona. (sighs) I mean, maybe that's just, like, pandemic prices. (laughs) No, I looked up for, uh, I looked up for April of next year. Oh, okay. Oof. Yeah. Wow. That's steep. In April, too? Jeez. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, what is slow time? And I was like, definitely April. Yes. April and September. Anytime that's hot in Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) People don't like to go there when it's like 100 degrees out. Wow. Jeez, man. All right. Well, noted. Maybe one day. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we can, we should just look up the inn. Inn. Mile High Inn. Mile High Inn. No, the Mile High Inn is a bar and grill. Oh, so they must have gotten rid of the the rooms that were up top. The Connor Hotel is taking a stunningly long time to load. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, Reopening update from the Connor Hotel. So they must have just like completely shut down. When the pandemic yeah. started, yeah. They're aiming for a reopen date of May 16th. But I think, I feel like this is from, like, February. Oh. You know? Like they haven't updated their website? <laughs> like they really haven't, like, updated their website at all. Oh, weird. Okay. Interesting. Because it's like, like, through the end of August, we'll be accepting reservations for a two-night stay. You know, they'll only be allowed in, like, the lobby with a face covering. Okay. All right. Well. So, I feel like they're just like, fuck. They're like, don't, we don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it, man. Yeah. I'm going to look up pictures of the Jerome Grand Hotel while we're still recording, because I want to know. <laughs> oh, my God. This building is so cool. I it's so cool looking. how much it is a night. Wow. Uh-oh. Holy shit. All right, let's let's fucking change the year on this. 2021. Best hotel in Jerome. Oh, 165 a night. 125. Oh, okay. Hey, you know what, man? I have to give the Jerome Grand Hotel at least a little bit of credit for not using patterned bedding. That is the one thing I have to give them credit for. All of their sheets are white, which is a very good sign. <laughs> that's that's fair i do like i do like the connor hotel because every room is a little bit different and they're all like really cute they're all really well done Ooh, i do like the little sun porches yes on the jerome at the jerome grand i'm gonna look at it one queen bed connor hotel of jerome both of these have really good reviews that makes me happy (laughs) for anyone who doesn't know i went to school for hotels I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but that's the reason why we're sitting here obsessing about hotels for so long. <laughs> Sometimes it just rubs up on you, off on you, and you're like, "All right, 
But to be fair, since then, we have had great stays no matter where we go, basically. Yeah, because I'm picky. choose now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fun fact, the reason why I I brought up the non-patterned bedding for anybody who doesn't know this, if you see patterned bedding in a hotel, do not stay there. That means that they do not wash their sheets. And the reason why they use patterned bedding is to hide the stains. So, (laughs) yeah, if you ever go to a place that has pattern bedding, at least recommend that they change the sheets before you sleep in the bed, just in case. Yeah. Wow, these rooms are really nice. I like how they they all have like really high ceilings, which is really cool. Yes. Oh, I don't want to fill this out, man. I just want to look at different pictures. (sighs) 105. Wow, some of these rooms get down to like $100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, so there's room six um, does two two queen beds, right? And it's 165. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Wow, the layout of that room is weird. It doesn't look like there's like, it looks like there's like one window and it has an oversized bathroom, whatever that means. Ooh. But, like, I, I, I assume, like, no views or anything, you know? Yeah. You know? <gasps> Weird. I don't know. It still looks really nice. I like the old-fashioned, like, wallpaper. Yes. I love these. They're all so cute. Wow. Okay, so it's telling me this one is... 165 is a room wow. suite. <gasps> Two room suite with king bed plus a day bed with trundle cute oh you know what's okay so you know what's weird that i'm noticing now so we were talking about when we were talking about the or when i was talking about the uh connor hotel i brought up rooms one one two and four i think right yeah one two and four um there's a note on their website that says rooms one through four are located over the spirit room bar and may be noisy especially on weekends yeah i do i did see that too so there was the the old man coughing noise that could have come from the bar. Yes. It's something definitely. to think about. The sound of a woman laughing in the room. <laughs> Which easily could come from the bar downstairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Noted. Hmm. Noted. Because hmm. there are a total of 12 rooms. Yeah. So it's interesting that people are hearing and seeing things specifically in those four rooms. Peak season is spring and fall. $20 off the price when you book Sunday through Thursday. Ooh. 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 Oh, except that's... <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights, it's 185 usually. That makes sense. <sighs> well. Something to shink about. Something to shink about. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, no, um, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. I enjoyed, I enjoyed looking at pictures of hotels. Um, there, there are a few other, like, quick hauntings within the town that I just wanted to mention. There is an abandoned clinic on the side of the hill where a lot of people lost their lives during the 1917 flu epidemic, which I brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are stories of patients being seen looking out the windows of the clinic. Gross. Yeah, and it's like an abandoned building, so it sounds awful. There is an old Episcopal church where there's a, quote, white misty figure that's often seen. Um, There's also a cemetery that dates from, or that has headstones with dates from 1897 to 1942 that's said to be haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, Visitors report footsteps, voices, and dark figures moving around. And, of course, there are abandoned mine shafts and tunnels that are said to be haunted. 
the most famous haunt in the mine shafts is Headless Charlie. He was a man that was apparently decapitated during a mining accident. Um, His head was found, but his body was never recovered. What? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's a little spooky. Um, And I guess miners and explorers that have like ventured down to the abandoned mine shafts have reported hearing footsteps, seeing footprints, and hearing and uh, seeing the figure of a headless person. He's looking for his head, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. Wow. (laughs) That is the super fucking haunted town the ghost town literally a town full of ghosts jerome arizona wow thank you so much for telling me about jerome arizona you're welcome i know that That was was a lot but it's really fucking cool so yeah yeah Yeah. i've been to arizona a couple times and we've never we've never like heard of it or anything so that's really fucking cool yeah well it's kind of like it's really small and i feel like a lot of people don't really like know it exists anymore um, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. I am ready to stop talking and absorb some knowledge into my brain. Okay. <laughs> I am going to go to the bathroom real quick. Well, the second half of the story is her parents come home and she's dead. Yikes. Okay. Yikes. Okay, so... <laughs> Nick knows a version of that story that I was telling you about. Oh, weird. Okay. But it is not the same. Is he so, is he a is he a uh, an always Massachusetts boy? Like was he born in Mass? Yeah, he was okay. born and raised where we live. So Actually, you um, know what? I wanna ask Jeff if he's heard that story now. Honestly, please do. I'm gonna text Caitlin because okay, we need I'm like, to know. <laughs> who do I know from New Hampshire? That, I'm just like, like legitimately wondering if that was like might a, uh, know this story. a northeastern thing, and I avoided it by being born in the west. Yes, in the, the wicked <laughs> west, the wickedest town in the west. Wow. Somewhat familiar. I don't think that's. Wow, really? Yes. Nick said the same thing. Um, Nick said that that he heard a version of that story. I don't remember it being a girl, and I don't remember it necessarily being an old man. But I remember the like, oh, that something will lick your hand, and like you'll feel better. And then you look down, and it's like not. (gasps) Gross. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to find that story and read it. Well, because Sam was like telling me about it, and I was like, I've never heard that story before. And, like, Nick has heard it, and Sam's heard it, and, like, you've apparently heard it, and I've literally never heard it I've before. heard, like, a version of it, at least. So I'm wondering if it was, it was a story that was, like, specific like, to, like... when I heard it, there was no, like, basement or anything like that. It oh. was just, like, I don't know, some weird, weird like, wives tale. Okay, I just needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> I totally remembered what, like, the tagline is. It's, it's maniacs can lick, too. Maniacs can lick, too? That's what Sam just said. Does that ring a bell? No. He just said I didn't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is very relevant to our show right now. So um. sick. All right. (laughs) What do I? What do I Google to find this? Ooh. Yeah. The licked hand. The licked hand. Ew. Ew. Sometimes as. The doggy lick, or humans can lick too, is an urban legend. 
It has several variations and has been found in print as early as 1982. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) this is very good. This is very, very good. Okay. 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 I'll have to read it later. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. (laughs) The licked hand. Okay. I don't like that. Okay, cool. (laughs) Wow! You need to suffer like I have suffered. Okay, that's fair. I'm already suffering, but I'm prepared to suffer more. (laughs) Aren't we all? Also, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but every time I water the sage, um, I sing the song Jesse's Girl. Wow. But I sing it Jesse Sage. Wow. I love that. I, I wish gonna... I could be Jesse Sage. Wow. Wow. I love that. That is me in plant form. In plant form. In plant form. Um, yeah, I honestly, <laughs> sometimes I'll like introduce myself as Jesse and people like start singing Jesse's girl to me. And I'm like, you do realize what you're saying, right? It's like talking about like my girlfriend. Is that what you're saying? Who's my girlfriend? You want my Girlfriend? That's what, very interesting. Where? <laughs> uh, good shit. Wow, I'm so glad I found this. This is great. All right, all right, all right, all right. Wow, this episode is already so fucking. That's okay. Sorry. It's okay. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna end up cutting some out of it. Plus, it's our first October episode, so I don't mind it being a little long. And we've talked about a lot of fucking weird things today spooky creepy weird things scary oh, things being decapitated in a mine oh uh, well <laughs> this is related semi-related other story variations feature uh an old woman or an old man rather than a girl the fate of the dog also varies from the dog being simply hung to it being <gasps> skinned disemboweled <gasps> and otherwise mutilated no of course it got to that level Jesus Christ. Uh. (laughs) Oh my god. This is great. This is incredible. (laughs) Speaking of having nightmares tonight. Uh Oh. Alright. Great. Alright. Alright. Well, I'm glad my education is not very educational tonight. I just wanted to talk about (laughs) one of my favorite things ever. Which is reefer madness. Wow! (laughs) Okay, yes. <laughs> um, so Reefer Madness is was a, originally a film made in 1936 to dissuade marijuana use, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no. it, is, it had alternate titles such as Tell Your Children and The Burning Question, Dope Addict, Doped Youth, and love madness love madness yes you're just feeling too much love stop that this this movie is just over an hour long and it was so so serious you know in 1936 it was financed by a church group so oh, like that checks you know mm-hmm. and it is so fucking funny yeah. i watched it like in high school and then i watched it again in college and it's I definitely so, watched it when I was in high school. It's so bad. It's yeah. so, so bad. Okay, so there was the original 1936 version, and then they remade it in 2005. 
with 2005 um, yeah oh, with shit. like um some more actors okay. it had alan cumming in it and Kristen bell <laughs> oh weird yeah okay yeah. was it was it satire or was it meant to be serious yes. Yeah, dude, it was... It was so satire. It took, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. They, like, so they colorized it. The original film was in black and white mm-hmm. because 1936. And then, um, so they colorized it and they, like, really played off of, like, having color. So, um, they, like, turned all the smoke in it. Like, when they're smoking weed, they turned it all, like, green and blue. <laughs> nice. And, like, shit nice. like that. And they really, really leaned into the camp. Like, everyone at the Met Gala two years ago should have fucking watched this movie to know what camp is. Yeah. Because none of them understood. So, please. Should have been a requirement. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, okay, so the original film, the plot is there's this cohabitating couple, unmarried. Okay. That sell weed. <laughs> Okay. And they're like in their like um they're like adults. They're like in their thirties and they like convince this like group of kids to start like smoking with them and buying weed. Hey kids, take some weed. So they like smoke and they like trick them. They're like, Oh no, it's just tobacco. So they're like smoking it and then they like get in the car and then fucking like immediately run someone over. Oh my god. <laughs> they went straight to murder. It really did. <laughs> and then like several other people die because like they get in marijuana induced like frenzies and frenzies it's so fucking good and he like blacks out and like someone shoots the girlfriend and so unrealistic it's so 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 unrealistic but it is like so fucking funny i was gonna say i need to watch it again (laughs) it like ends ends up with it the movie ends with the next tragedy may be that of your daughter or your son or yours and then it like repeats yours a couple times it's like tell your children (laughs) about the dangers of marijuana oh my god dude Uh, holy holy shit shit. that's so good so reefer madness is is considered to be a cult classic yes it, it really is holy shit it regained popularity in the 1970s when it first came out yeah they were like this is the worst fucking movie that you've ever like anyone's ever made in their entire lives and it like basically like slipped under the radar and then someone found it in the 70s and everyone was you know fucking smoking weed in the 70s and they're like this is the greatest thing we've ever seen yeah yeah (laughs) so that's when it really like got popular as like being like a good bad movie a bad good movie yeah um there's been like several adaptations i told you about the 2005 film it's actually 2004 sorry Uh, the original uh, release date was april 20th 2004 nice they did that on purpose nice of course they did (laughs) (laughs) and during the film the number four would flash on the screen and then 20 would flash on the screen because they were making fun of subliminal messaging. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that. 
Blaze it. Blaze it. Blaze it. Blaze it. Blaze it. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> someone tried to turn it into like a play and it ran for like two years in the 90s, but it wasn't that popular. Um, Molly Crew featured a couple clips from the film in one of their music videos. Nice. Um, Smoke the Sky. So that's pretty funny. Wow. Dude, do you remember when we were, um, I think we were at that, like one of the shops in um, like downtown near where you live and they had uh, that Reefer Madness poster up on the wall. Yeah. And I like couldn't find it anywhere. And so I like asked, I like asked the clerk if she could find me the Reefer Madness poster and she like couldn't find a copy of it anywhere. And I was like, oh, well, can I just buy the display? And she's like, no. I get it, man. (laughs) But I needed it. We have a Reefer Madness poster hanging up in the smoke shop and I like look at it every day and I'm like, ah. So good. I love that. Holy fuck. I'm definitely going to rewatch that. Maybe I'll make Jeffrey watch it with me. <laughs> like I said, it's just over an hour long. So like, and you can watch it like there's a link on IMDb because it's um public, you know, what the fuck? What the fuck do you call it? Wondering if I would get the legal Reno for taking some audio from it and putting it into this episode. <laughs> Probably not. Not if you take it from the original one. yeah 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 the 2005 one definitely not but yeah yeah that one's still oh it's in public domain nice nice okay good to know good to know so that's reefer madness and i just wanted something funny to think about (laughs) yes that's great Uh, so fucking good some of us just need to be reminded that reefer madness exists so if you like really want to fucking go watch like a really shitty 30s movie about weed Please just go watch Reefer Madness. Prepare to laugh your entire way through it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's good. It's so bad. It's good. <sighs> it's like when you watch the um, the old like Unsolved Mysteries episodes. My favorite one is um, I don't remember like exactly what the like scenario was that they were explaining, but some guy like saw some kind of explosion outside of his window, and so like the reenactment was like an explosion happening and you could tell that the body that like flew back like from the explosion was like literally like a stuffed dummy because it like <laughs> flopped around <laughs> like oh, oh yeah. technology i so love technology, good dude oh shit oh here if you want a good smoke try one of these even than these soul-destroying drugs, is the menace of marijuana. Bill, I'm, I'm going to ask you a straightforward question. And I'd like to have a straightforward answer. Yes, sir. Isn't it true that you have, perhaps unwillingly, acquired a certain harmful habit through association with certain undesirable people? All you gotta do is keep them from having too many reefers. Well, thank you. I love that. That was great. You're welcome. I loved your story tonight as well. Sick. Nice. Great job. Uh, buzz buzz. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. 
Okay. <laughs> well, do you, uh, do you want to do our social media? Because my throat hurts. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'll do our social media. <sighs> if you. you liked what you heard tonight and you want to hear more, please subscribe to us. Um, <laughs> you can like us on Facebook. You can... It's okay. It's okay. That's the downside about doing this so late at night now is because like we're just like checked out. Our brains are just like done for the day. Dude, oh my god, I was listening to the last episode um and or I was editing it and at one point I was like, "Oh, so that's where that idea comes from." And you're like, "Wow, I love that. I love like where that idea comes from. Like that's a great statement." And I like didn't realize that I had been the one that just said it, and so I'm just kind of like okay and i'm trying to think like did i just say that and you can hear me like kind of thinking about it because i like don't remember what i just said and i don't even say like thank you or anything like you complimented me and i was just like okay and i was like my brain was just nope (laughs) sometimes great brain go (laughs) yeah yeah um anywho (laughs) all right so anyways (laughs) you can find us on facebook you can also like us on Instagram. Our handle is YBOWpod. Right? Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at weird underscore pod. Um, you can send us emails to yourbrainonweird at gmail.com. We are accepting listener stories always. So if you have a fun, funny, spooky, scary story, weird coincidence, weird dream, like, and you want to share it with us, please send it to us. We would love to hear them. Also, check out our Little little Weird, which came out just a couple days ago, and we share some of our listeners' stories with you, and they were really fucking good this week. They were so good. They were so good. Holy shit. So, definitely (laughs) check those out. And if you want to help support us further, you can find us on patreon.com slash yourbrainonweird, and for $5 a month, you can get early access to episodes bonus content um polls when we don't know what to talk about for an episode Uh all of that and hopefully some more stuff coming soon um if you want to subscribe to our patreon yes 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 you can also rate us on apple Podcasts if you want to rate us that too yeah do that yeah thank you to the people who have already rated us by the way thank you Thank you for everyone who listens. Yes. We love it. Have you uh have you looked at the Apple looked at the Apple podcast reviews yet? No. Okay, I'll send you I'll send you screenshots when we're done with this. Okay. I don't have an Apple. I was gonna say you don't use Apple, so I don't blame <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't have an Apple. I just I don't, don't have I don't an have apple. that. <laughs> Alright. Great. 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 I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Have a good night. Bye-bye.